Welcome to the Knicks, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Justin Hartung. And I'm Fanny Darling. As always, a quick warning, there might be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we'll do our best to let you know they are coming. This week, we are talking about the new movie Hustlers, which is based on a true story about a group of exotic dancers who come up with a plan to fleece their wealthy clientele. Or, as y'all might know it, the movie that made everyone pay attention to J-Lo again. So as always, this is a plea to rate and review us on the iTunes app or whatever app lets you do that. Uh, what did you do in pop culture this week, Fanny? I watched MTV's The Challenge season 34. Ooh, that's a lot of challenges. It's a lot of challenges. I think at this point, TJ Lavin's head is basically in a jar when he's hosting. It's like Futurama. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, the... Horrible Bear is back. It's UK versus America. All your favorites are there. I am here for it. I am a terrible person. I also watched Unbelievable on Netflix, which proves I am not a horrible person because, wow, this is a good show. Uh, Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver, and Caitlin Deaver, as well as Dale Dickey. Nobody told me Dale Dickey was in this show. Before I die or before she dies, I really need to meet Dale Dickey because she is just so incredible and takes every part that she does and makes it sort of her own, but also really puts it out in the world. And I love her so much. And For anyone her, who might not know who she is, where would they know her? I don't from know a little bit of everything, you do okay. know her. She was in Winter's Bone. She was in uh, Leave No Trace. She was the woman that helped them when oh, they nice. got to the the community in the temporary housing right. out in the middle of the woods who also left offerings for a person in the woods um she was in yeah she was in sons of anarchy she was in true blood she she's been in friggin everything she's amazing and she's great and i just i she's one of those character actors that like elizabeth marvel and these people that in recent years have sort of started being known for being character actors and dale dickey still people don't know her name because she's not pretty, I, I think. I also think people confuse her with the surf guitarist, Dick Dale. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> that was my first thought. But I, was like, I do Dick think Dale? it's <laughs> that she doesn't yeah. even... I mean, she can't... She can look like a normal woman walking down the street, but she doesn't glam up at all. And I don't want to think that's the reason she hasn't gotten a lot of places, but she's always in the background. She is in everything you've ever seen. And in this, she's so great. She plays a character named Rosemary. She's one of the detectives that this team of women detectives get together and solve this serial rape case and figure it all out. And she's basically the third leg of Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette's character. And this show, I know people have really been talking about it, and, and I'm just glomming on. But really... The first episode is hard. The first half of the second episode is hard. If you've ever wondered why, if you've ever heard anyone say or thought yourself, why don't women report? Watch the first 20 minutes of the first episode of this show and you'll understand why women don't report. But 
it is worth keeping going. It's hard to watch at times, but really not once it picks up. Then it sort of turns into a procedural and almost a buddy cop movie. And it is so great. Caitlin Deaver plays a role. Usually Caitlin Deaver, she plays these very self-possessed or very intelligent characters. Uh, book smart, justified. She's super self-possessed, even though she's a much younger character than everybody else in the show. And it's interesting in this character. She's a foster uh, child who's grown up in the system and maybe not of hyper intelligence and definitely not educated and it was at first a little disconcerting to be like well wait wait a minute that you're not used to seeing caitlin deaver play this role it was so good and she was great and all the way through and you watch it just waiting for the last scene with her um you know it's going to happen i'm not going to spoil but you know from the beginning that that eventually it's all going to be okay just simply because it's based on an article and a, and a true story and you know that it will all work out um it's really really worth watching i encourage anyone to take it take it in and the fact that these amazing actors are in this great show and it's not heavy-handed. It's not super depressing. It was so good. I'm really looking forward to hearing what other people thought. I'm definitely going to watch it. And you brought this up earlier. But we will say this is a preview for next week. If you want to play uh, Bad Accent Comp, which is our new game that we're playing, where I try and predict whether it's a good accent or a bad accent, um, Fanny is going to weigh in on Tony Collette's accent. I, that's all I know. I, that's my homework for next week. So watch Unbelievable. Let us know on Twitter to play uh, good a- Bad Accent Cop. Um, and uh, yeah. I've also gotten farther in On Becoming a God in Central Florida, which has taken a surreal turn uh, on episode five. I think it actually means what it means in its title. I thought that was a metaphor. I do believe that. Oh, it's getting metaphysical and weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still with it. I'm still into it. Kirsten Dunst, good God, woman. Thank you. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for having a real, I just had a baby body and still feeling like, I don't know, you're awesome and thank you and you're great and this show is really fucking weird and I really like it. I think I'm going to love it. Yeah, it's it's so I don't know what's happening or where it's going and I do not care I am so on board with On Becoming a God in Central Florida I can't wait for you to watch it I have been reading a lot of the Testaments we will talk about that later we promised we were going to do it this week I am still wrapping up Handmaid's Tale I'm very close and then we will dig into the Testaments Testament. it's just Testaments you know, the, the Testaments the Testaments yeah. uh, we promise we will talk about that next week yep and my one piece of pop culture news CBS All Access, you finally did something right. You cast Randall Flagg. Now, Randall Flagg, I've always said, has to be somebody that even though you know he is evil personified, you would still lay down with him. And he has to be a little scary and a little fucking sexy. All right? said lay down. That's weird. Well, it's the, it's the God thing. Right. You know, lay down with gods. <laughs> I, I did it on purpose. I was trying not to just go with fuck him. All right? You would fuck him. All right? <laughs> And it's always had a little bit of, like, Matthew McConaughey, that sort of, mm, you, I get it, but I don't get it, it's a little wrong, you know, especially now with the car ads and all that. 
They cast Alexander Skarsgård. Would lay down, would, would do all of it. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> and he can do the scary evil. And okay, you, you have my five ninety nine. when you drop the whole show. You got it. I'm watching. Thank you, The Stand. Still not happy about Amber Heard and fucking Marsden. Marsters? Marsden. Uh, James Marsden. <laughs> Marsters is the one I do like. Right. They always screw that up. So I'm watching. I'm on board. I'm there for it. Cool. What'd you do in pop culture, Justin? So I saw Brittany runs a marathon. Uh, it's a new movie that's sort of been a sleeper hit this summer. Uh, it is based on a true story, which seems to be a theme this week, about a woman who runs the New York City Marathon. Uh, she was sort of a party girl and was overweight. And she basically um, is very closed off from the world and meets some friends and has a potential love interest, but ultimately finds, spoiler, that she is you know best taking care of herself. Um, this movie should not work in many ways. It's very corny. It doesn't have a ton of surprises. It works for a few reasons. Jillian Bell is the lead as Brittany. Fantastic. So good. I've never really seen her in anything. I've sort of heard her name kicking around. She is great. I'm fully on board with whatever, whatever she does. She's a brilliant physical comedian, but never sort of in that laughing at my awkwardness way. She just sort of throws herself in and you, you know, she pulls you into her universe, which I always love. Um, it also... I don't know. There's a sweetness to it and an honesty about it that, you know, conflicts maybe a little with the real story somehow. There's kind of some allusions to the real people and you feel like maybe there's something not quite clicking about it all. Uh, but she is so good. And when I was watching this movie, I was resisting it, resisting it. I thought it was sort of cute and quirky. And then by the time she... Spoiler, finishes the marathon. It's the name of the movie. Um, I turned and there was a sort of, you know, very thin teenager sitting next to me with her mother or something sobbing at this movie. And it was at this point in which the main character is really realizing her own worst enemy is herself, whatever that means. Um, and it clearly resonated with this teen sitting next to me and uh i also turned to dave and we were both crying so, <laughs> um it's a very sweet movie and it yeah it's not a perfect movie but it is definitely worth a rental i'd say or you know go support it now because it's been a crappy summer for movies and this kind of this is the kind of movie we need to go support um use your a-list uh, it's funny there's a, a guy that plays her love interest in it um who is really funny and a nice um, sort of counterpoint to her energy and I, I enjoyed it and found it sort of romantic and yet it's also it the things that it does offer and surprises are in the romantic comedy territory and I appreciated it for that so uh, also I have been catching up on This Way Up which I've talked about on the podcast a few weeks ago it is uh, the Sharon Horgan um, produced I think and starring show it also stars that actor whose name I looked up and have promptly forgotten uh, it's six episodes on Amazon Aislinn B yes yay you remembered although yep. is it pronounced Aislinn or Ashlyn so it's I probably work- Ashlyn yeah if it's Irish it's probably yeah. Ashlyn I'm working with an author right now named Ashlyn yeah. who yeah. is uh, yeah that's how she says it um, this show has such potential it is 
primed and ready for a brilliant second season. This season is a little slight. I don't think it quite lands everything it's trying to do. It ends a little abruptly. These actors are so good. The writing is so funny, but they need a they need a direction. They need to sort of breathe and kind of just go wherever they're intending on going. I, I will watch the second season of this. I thought it was interesting. It just didn't quite land where I think it wanted to go. Um, I've also been catching up on Steven Universe, a show that people have been telling me for years is Justin Crack. Uh, it is been on for i don't know how many years i mean five years quite a few yeah. yeah it has adventure time in its dna a show that i've talked about on this podcast and love uh rebecca sugar is the creator she was an adventure time person she writes her own music it is super queer uh yes how is this not something you've been watching for five years I've now tr- i'm confused so i didn't know half of this stuff i've tried it a few times and found it to be very Kitty, a kid show in a way okay. that I, even I have my limits about sort of kid show stuff. Um, it just was not, it didn't seem very complex. Uh, everybody says just keep going with it and something's going to click. My moment with clicking with show is the shape shifting kind of tough uh, gem. There are these aliens that are basically uh, these women that are raising Steven Universe. Um, one of them is a shapeshifter. She's sort of very much non-binary in much of her stuff. She uh, basically takes the shape of a angry punk baby in a bumper car <laughs> and goes, which way to the baby war? <laughs> um I was in from that yeah. point on. Yeah. Um, this show, I think, is going to just keep growing on me. I think f- everything people were saying was right. It's just, if you do try and watch it, and you are an Adventure Time sort of adult, stonery, oh, animated uh, comedy person, just maybe roll with the kiddiness of it all, and I think it's going to go to deep places from everything I've heard. Speaking of queer theory, and uh, not queer theory, queer identity rather, uh, Sam Smith, the pop singer who has had many, at this point, top ten hits, not somebody that I always love musically, I find him a little bland, um, but has... Announced that he is non-binary, well, that they are non-binary, and the preferred pronouns are they. Um, But although they've been pretty open to also just whatever, just try and get it right, but, uh, you know, do your best. Do not over-apologize, good lord. Um, And that's just, I just (laughs) want to My son will tell you that. (laughs) Because I think that's cool, and I just love that they are racking up the the hits and um, doing... You know, whatever I think of the music, I think they've been really true to... Themselves. Yeah, themselves and what they're doing, and people are responding to it, and I'm always happy for that. And that takes a lot of courage. I mean, they came out as gay, I don't know, a couple years ago in in, in press, and just to take that to the next step uh, with with whatever they were feeling, I think is amazing. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, some new music. Uh, Sampa the Great, she is a Zambian-born Australian rapper and singer. Uh, Her album is really amazing. It's called The Return. It combines a ton of uh, interesting African sounds and also sort of traditional hip-hop. She, yeah, she's only had a couple albums. And as far as I know, she, um, you know, writes her own stuff and really does this great sort of mix of sounds. Let's take an... Take a listen to Moana, M-A, sorry, M-W-A-N-A from the album The Return, which just came out on Friday. Right. 
just to find my fortune. I don't need home to feel important, but I need a feeling of peace. I'm my broken, searching for size four, getting in the ether. Wonder if my sisters believe in nothing but my DNA. It's searching for what's inside of me. Physically displaced, the spiritually erased, I see the space. Um, we're talking about Hustlers this week, which is uh, based on a New York Magazine article directed by Lorraine Scafara. I'm going to go with that. Um, it's about a group of exotic dancers who decide to start drugging their rich clients uh, to extract sensitive financial information. Stars Constance Wu. We love you, Constance Wu. Jennifer Lopez. And with small roles by, you know, Julia Stiles, Cardi B, Lizzo, and Mercedes Rule. What'd you think, Justin? So we're going to try and do some non-spoilery thoughts first, and then we'll dive into spoilers more. Um, I liked this movie a lot, and I I see all the flaws of it. I think uh, the script has some problems. It's, you know, like many of these things that are based on an article, it feels a little thin. It feels overlong. Uh, There's not a lot to move it along, and I think they basically relied on this uh, framing device of this reporter uncovering the story that Boy, did they. does not necessarily work as good as uh, Julia Stiles was nice in that role um, but it doesn't really work um, that part of it uh, and there's not a ton else and I know why they did it because there's not a ton else to say other than a very short log line about what these people did what I liked about it is Jennifer Lopez gives a phenomenal like comeback performance that I found completely when people talk about um lady gaga and a star is born and i was kind of like yeah she was fine like this merits it i just was riveted every time she was on screen she's just this is why when jennifer lopez started doing movies in selena and out of sight everybody thought okay we don't really care about selena lopez's music which i think is pretty much true um but she commands the screen and she is a star i i have to say i forgot several times it was her and i'm not a big fan so i wasn't looking for that and that was an impressive performance she is really good in this and also that's not to take anything away from constance Wu, who i don't really know you know i've seen her in a few i've seen her in you know, crazy, rich, crazy rich asians and i've not watched any of uh fresh off the boat she is so good in this movie and the two of them together and their friendship and you know it doesn't it doesn't really go where it probably should to be a great movie to understand their friendship, but I feel like there's a lot in there that felt very in these kinds of movies, which I, first of all, I also want to talk about expectations. I thought this was going to be a wacky, vulgar kind of, you know, trying to keep up with the sort of Tarantino kind of, you know, nasty, rude comedy. It's not that at all. It's barely a comedy. It's sort of just like a friendship drama with a little yeah. slight crime thing. There's, but it's not like violent. It's, and so I sort of was caught off guard by how much I was invested in just their friendship in a movie um, and and a way it explored these exotic dancers and you know whether or not they white. So not whitewashed it, but uh, softened the blow of of kind of what it means to be an exotic dancer to the point that you would then feel comfortable, you know, stealing money essentially from these clients. Um, I don't know if that worked, and I think you have some thoughts on that. But what did you think? This was the girl version of Magic Mike, and I don't say that in a bad way. I really enjoyed Magic Mike. 
I thought that was a decent Soderbergh movie. See, I got it right. I didn't call him Sondheim. Um, Jennifer Lopez does a good turn as, you know, McConaughey's type role. I did forget it was her. I thought the performances were great. I really, really did. I thought it was pretty to look at. And the direction I, was so self-assured. Absolutely. I thought it was interesting to watch. The script wasn't great. And the pacing was a problem. The pacing had like Scorsese casino level pits of, oh my God, just let me fall asleepness. And I really needed it to pick itself up a little more. I didn't mind. I, in fact, kind of liked the sort of meandering. There's not a lot to this story. It's kind of just about the ebbs and flows of these women's friendships. Um, I thought... I literally thought that everybody's performance was great. I, I liked Lopez. I forgot it was Lopez because I'm not a big fan of hers. Constance Wu, I have been telling everyone that she's amazing since literally the first episode of the first season of Fresh Off the Boat. I was like, okay, fine. You can say whatever you want to say about this show, but this woman is fucking amazing. And Randall Park is fucking amazing. And you have to pay attention because they're both going to be huge. And Constance Wu deserves Every piece of accolade that she is getting, she's amazing. She's great. Um, Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale, of all things, is great. Uh, Madeline Brewer, who's also in Handmaid's Tale, has a small role. She's really good. This is a show, this is a movie about performances. If you can go with that and that can be enough for you, great. It ultimately wasn't enough for me. Ultimately, I wanted. I felt like I was being asked to lick the boots of, oh, thank you for giving me a female movie about female friendships. And I don't want to jump over and and lick boots from, of, the, of Hollywood for that anymore. This is the least that we deserve about women in the movies. It's just... It just is. And ultimately, does it pass the Bechtel test? Yes. Is it a movie about women and friendships? Yes. Was it watchable? Pretty much, yeah. I'm not sorry. I saw it. End all, be all. It got made because people wanted to see Jennifer Lopez in that first outfit. And I... Fucking she slayed in that first element. I'll give you that. (laughs) But that's the reason it got made. And we should get to expect more. We deserve more. We deserve this movie to get made on Constance Wu. We deserve more than this. That's all I think. I totally get that. Um, I don't. Do we have that much to say in a spoilery thing? I mean, all we left out was. Um, should we? Do, we'll do a countdown here, just in case you do not want to be spoiled for this true story that was outlined in an article that you can read in probably twenty minutes. Oh yeah, easy. Ten minutes probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one. Uh, I'm uh, illegal one, drug. One ankle hook. One <laughs> knee hook. One, uh, one monkey hook. I like monkey the monkey hook. hook. I mean, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. That's great. Um, all right. Uh, into spoilers. I guess, yeah, so there's not too much to say. I mean, I think the ending of this movie, which basically is, uh, you know, this disconnect and this final falling out between them and jumping forward and looking back. Right. Like, did that work for you? No, I don't believe for a minute the real girl didn't care that she flipped on her. I don't believe for a minute that the real Jennifer Lopez character hugged the real Constance Wu character and said, oh, yeah, it's motherhood. It's, an Ill- it's a mental illness. Uh-uh. She did five years. She's pissed. Yeah, it felt Sorry. a little hackneyed. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just, 
it didn't really land anywhere as far as kind of like, what are you saying about this friendship other than, you know. And what are you saying about what they did? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question, too, right? Like, I know Cardi B has actually confessed to doing this in real life, and she has a role in this movie. And a lot of people, it brought up a lot of interesting conversation about, like, well, how bad is that? And my feeling is it's pretty bad. (laughs) I mean, it's one thing to, to run a confidence game on people that run confidence games. I get that. This wasn't that. This was... This was roofing someone. This was sexual assault. If it was done to a female, if you drugged my drink and you robbed me of money and you put male dancers in my face, I would sue you for sexual assault. This was sexual assault. I don't know about sexual assault. Because they're paying for that service. Okay, they're paying for it, but they're not paying to be drugged and things done to them against their will. I guess, whatever, it's It's, splitting hairs, but... Um, yeah, it's splitting hairs, yeah. and once they're drugged, they can no longer consent. That's a big fucking part right. of consent. And who knows and what happened for, that we didn't see in the right. movie in those and scenes. And paying but, for what you're paying for yeah. is also a big part of consent. Right. And the minute you are inebriated and inebriated against your will, yeah, it's sexual assault. Right. Sorry, it is. And I get that these guys are assholes, a lot of them, and a lot of them have done the same thing to women. And I'm, But the same way I don't think prison rape jokes are funny, I don't think, oh, they deserve it because they've done it to other people. Yeah. Nobody deserves this. Yeah, and it, it was not treated with any sort of gravitas. It boiled down to a final line in the movie, which the more I think about, the less impact it has, which is whatever she says, essentially along the lines of, Oh, you know, there are the people that whatever and the people that dance, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> like, Basically, donate yeah, the capitalism player, hate is, the game. yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah, it didn't, it did not have much to say. And the further I get away from it, the more I, I sort of see that side of it. I think my, like, it was funny thinking about this in contrast to it, which was almost three hours and had so much plot. And yet I found so much more tedious to watch than, than the Hustlers. I really was like, much more dazzled by whatever Hustlers was doing than I was. It was the glitter. Yeah, there's lots of glitter. And yeah, it's and it's funny because it's not it's not especially campy, but I on the way out when we were discussing the movie, I said, I feel like gay men are responding to this movie differently, um, which is always somewhat problematic and also somewhat interesting, right? I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm even going there with, but it just, it has... Some of that campus, like camp framing, like it should be campy, but it's not. But then it also hits at something real that I think, I don't know, many gay men probably feel around those sort of friendships that are obviously in a very different way, like not as like sex workers or dancers or whatever, but that's sort of like, how do you find in that sort of bitchiness and that up and down and the ebb and flow like what are the real bonds there and how do you get at something real in that um which i don't know maybe it's written more yeah yeah i mean you and i have talked about this in and we won't get in here on the the pod too much because it goes deep but you and i have both talked about that that line where gay men are totally into something and women are like but, you know, don't speak for us. Don't speak for us. Yep. And what you're feeling in this is sort of 
because you're coming from a male point of view and you're not actually, you know, you're not a woman, which right. we know you're not and you know you're not. And this is a line that, that you as a gay man and me as a women, woman, we get to talk about this and we get to, to discuss it and that's great. But a lot of other people don't get to, you know yeah. what I mean? And because it can start to get really problematic and we are two groups who see each other and see our differences and can say, whoa, hey, this is where we're different and this is, and we can discuss it, but it can get really hard if you start to bring a lot of cis, True. straight, white people into the conversation. And I don't want, we don't have to go too deep because you and I don't have those wounds, but that is kind of a line here with this movie. Yeah. Same with Showgirls. Same right. with that same type of, oh, but it's funny and it's campy and it's sparkly. And there's a lot of us on the sidelines going, mm. Right. So. Well, it's a weird, it's a weird from the of a gay man's perspective it's a weird mix of i'm sure there are lots of people who view these things with sort of like the the wound being mm-hmm. forward of like oh we're nasty to each other because the world's been nasty to us right um and this movie i think because it challenges that a little bit and confronts it i think it's maybe resonating with a lot of gay men who are like oh it's sort of setting you up for that and then is actually being about kindness underneath that. Right. Um, and so whatever that means, it doesn't mean that that speaks for any woman's experience of watching not. this movie or any like sex worker's experience watching this movie. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think it's worth seeing. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I, I wouldn't tell I mean, people not to mostly see Mostly for those performances. They're great. Yeah. They're I mean, fabulous. They're, yeah. I don't have anything more to say. It yeah. was fun. Good music choices. I loved hearing Lord. Yeah. Um, I love that song. I'm always happy to hear Lord. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to bring up? Nah. Okay. I'm good. All right. Uh, next week, we promise we will have. I thought you had something you were mad about. Oh, I do. I have a next. I forgot. <laughs> we saw Hustlers, and before the movie, we saw a ad. It's often ads before movies here that we're nixing lately. The Sesame Street characters, including Grover, Grover, and Ernie and Bert. Are selling farmers? Is it farmers insurance? Um, don't fucking have the Muppets selling insurance. Like that's, I I don't have much to say about this except just don't stop it. Don't do it to me. <laughs> I will sick um, animal on you, and you will you will you'll find out that he's actually a monster that eats human flesh if Yay. you keep putting. The Muppets in insurance ads. I Jim Henson will come out of his grave and murder you, and I will be cheerleading. <laughs> um, so stop doing that. <laughs> That's my next this week. Keep the Muppets out of insurance ads. Fair enough. Okay, next week we swear we're going to talk about Handmaid's Tale. I'm anxious to have Justin talk about his feelings on the book versus the show. And then we'll get into Testaments, we promise. Come tell us what you thought of Hustlers, what you're watching, what you're reading. Are you watching The Challenge, season 34? Tell me what you think of Bear, and if you like him, you're dead to me. Uh, You can do that on Facebook. Just search for The Knicks Podcast and hit us up. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Podcast. You can send us an email at emotion to nicks at gmail.com and I am at Fanny V Darling on Twitter. And I'm at Justin Hardung on Twitter. Have a good week.